Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, I'm Hannah, this is Kelty, we're Upbringing, we're here live at 5-ish to talk about discipline, dun dun dun. It's going to be fun though, we make it fun, it's going to be okay, it's okay everyone. We can talk about this, we can make this accessible, we'll be building our skills and awareness together, one conversation at a time, one tantrum at a time, one meltdown at a time, one moment of resistance at a time, we feel many of those moments every day, all day, many of us, we're out there with you, we're... We're struggling with our kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors, and we're here to talk about it. Um, and we're here to kind of push back against that cultural conditioning that tells us to control our kids' consequences on my terms mm-hmm. now. Threats, rewards, overpower, lectures. We always throw in shame, spanking, timeouts, stuff like that. All that fun All stuff that fun comes so naturally comes to so us. So naturally right? to us. Um, Hannah's checking for some DMs right now because we have a lot that we haven't been able to get back to. So if we so could pull up some of those here, um, yeah. we'd love to get into them. But feel free to hop Great on to and see type. you all. <clears throat> so good to Happy see you. Happy to be here with you. Yeah. Here. <clears throat> yeah, wave, wave, wave. Um, okay, so we've got, uh, what do I do when my three-year-old runs from me? Mm-hmm. I've tried connecting and explaining about safety, but it keeps happening at home when it's time to get dressed, but also out in public parking lots, etc. I think I'm pretty good at staying calm, but it can definitely be worrisome outside Mm -hmm. because I'm often holding my infant when it happens and then have to chase him. I've also tried making it a game like red light, green light. Nothing seems to be working and can't figure out his underlying need. Help. Oh, such a great question. Thanks for writing in about that. Remember those, those, uh, running years. Oh man. (laughs) So hard. The flight risk years. (laughs) Our kids are four, five, six, and seven. Still happens sometimes if we're trying to cross a busy street and one of them's kind of trying to pull out of our hand mostly the four-year-old. Um, so we mm. totally can feel you on yeah, that. I'm sure I, a lot of other people here right now have, have been through similar situations. I think there are two things that this person is talking about. Yeah. The times that kids are avoiding us intentionally, um, when it's time to get in the bath, when it's time to brush the teeth or to move and transition. So it's a transitional resistance maybe where mm-hmm. they run away and get all They're wily. Like, ah, I'm out of <clears> here. <throat> and then the second time is in public when maybe their mm-hmm. impulses are um it's less resistance maybe uh, maybe it's resistance to being contained mm-hmm. but it also could just be impulses and wanting to be wild and free wanting to get to that place go to there mm-hmm. right those are the two things i'm kind of identifying I and lo- both are so normal yeah and i love know? that this parent said i don't know what the underlying need is that's just like so wonderful hearing people <clears throat> using this type of language yeah. being like i'm seeing this behavior it's terrifying it's triggering me it's really hard to yeah. handle 
but I know there's something underneath it. There's something going on. What's happening? What's happening here? Yeah. under the those big splashy waves that are so distracting mm-hmm. and easy to focus on, easy to control <clears throat> and punish. Sure. Right? I think so often we can be like, um, they're doing it. The three year old is running away from me because mm-hmm. they want to ruin my day. <laughs> Because um, they clearly don't understand, so I need to explain to them more. Um, Because they're maybe jealous of the new baby. There's so many things we can kind of project Mm -hmm. or wonder about. And I think the number one thing we have to remember when a three-year-old runs away is that... age. Or any age. Could be like an 18-month-old, too. Is that it's totally developmentally normal, and it's okay. And what they need is not punishments. They need connection and support, right? They need us to help them help themselves. Mm-hmm. Enough times, consistently enough, and with enough warmth that it, they won't be wanting to do that anymore. Yeah, so a lot of that is about kind of <clears throat> breaking the spell, breaking this pattern. Mm-hmm. I love that this parent was talking about red light, green light, trying to engage in a fun way to be like, yeah. I see you wanting to run, so let's find a way. Instead mm-hmm. of me screaming, no, stop, I'm going right. to say red light and hope that they stop. Um, right. I, I think, think engaging creatively, I making it great. a game, yeah. bringing them together, that's a form of connection. Mm-hmm. But I think that if that's not working, if that's not helping them stop, then they're needing something else, which mm-hmm. is what this parent is identifying. Yeah. Right? I think the number one thing I would do is focus on the environment if I can. So I would have the baby carrier ready. So I this would, is the second op when the right. three-year-old's running around in parking lots or away in parks, that right. type of thing, where uh, it feels unsafe. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was the part that I heard the most. Was, okay. Was that, that flight risk, like it's not safe <clears throat> thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be working on the environment. So I'd make sure their door is still locked and they can't get out or ask them if they <clears throat> wait in the seat while I run around and get the other baby. So I'm, so I know that, okay, I've been in this spot before. This is a tricky thing when I help them out and then they won't stay by my <clears throat> side while I'm unfolding the, the stroller while I'm getting mm-hmm. the baby on, on me. That, that feeling right. of feeling stuck when you're holding a baby and the, the little guy's running away is like the worst feeling worst. ever. And same with, what, let's say you're trying to leave a park. Get, when the kid is still playing, the mm-hmm. three-year-old, get the baby in the, the, um, the buggy mm-hmm. and have it ready or you know have it on your back so mm-hmm. that you can be like, okay, we're heading out of the it's park so and it's like all hands on deck, yeah. right? That's when you've like mentally prepared <clears> enough <throat> that you're like, I'm holding my coffee and this coffee might get chucked because I'm ready to run, uh-huh. right? <laughs> we're so ready right now. <laughs> totally. I think that um, oftentimes, you know, we talk about running our resist approach in these mm-hmm. moments with our kids, and that includes so preparing the environment, mm-hmm. like you said, Kel. So getting getting our act together so that we can support our kid and dive in in that moment. But I also think it's just talking to the kid ahead of time, being like, "Hey, I've noticed." So we're driving in the car, mm-hmm. heading to the grocery store, and gosh, you're so excited to get in that car, you just tend to just run. What can we do? Because remember why we can't run, and so checking mm-hmm. for understanding. Doing that, not in the moment when they're already overcome by their impulses, but mm-hmm. trying to talk and plant those seeds and kind of get on the same page mm-hmm. beforehand. And then right? I would write when the, when you get out of the car, not to distract, but to connect, say, oh my gosh, I wanted to mention something to you. So when their brain is starting to go to, I've been here before and I think I'm about to start running, this is mm-hmm. going to be fun. We leap in with something that's going to help derail that a little bit, right? That's going to help redirect. Them- <clears throat> redirect. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's going to help them um, not go into crazy brain impulse mode if they're feeling a little dysregulated and wily, but bring it back to the center where I'll ask a question. What's the food that you're going to want to grab first? Or I was thinking, do you know what's in the back of the store right now? You know, Have you seen that display? And they're like, say what? Mm-hmm. And you're like, let me grab your hand and help you out while I tell you. And they're holding your hand and they're walking. And they're they, on board. They're on board. They didn't even remember that you've been in this loop of them running away, right? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. oftentimes it happens where we respond so strongly in the moment when a three-year-old runs in the parking lot or away from a park that we kind of un- unconsciously, unwittingly create a little bit of a, a cycle, a little bit of a narrative mm-hmm. that they kind of want to play out every time. Mm-hmm. And so the idea behind this is saying, how can we break the narrative before it happens and then when it happens mm-hmm. and then after it happens? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a three-part thing in that way. Yeah. We prepare the environment. We get them on board with, oh, are you going to be able to hold this special bag that we have for the groceries now? Mm-hmm. Or <clears throat> could you be, we be, um, I'm leading and, and you're, you know, um, I'm a horse and you're like <laughs> leading me, but where you're preparing them for something that you're doing together that's safe beforehand. Or not gonna, warning them, hey, when we get out, you're not going to run, think, right? You're not going to run. I think that's what happens <laughs> is the more our kids start pushing us on these boundaries when they're like going to touch something we know they shouldn't or they're going to not put their phone away when they should or when they're going to run away in the park and we see this coming, we think we need to raise our level <clears throat> of, of, seriousness. of seriousness, of energy, of yeah. sternness. We got to show them that we mean boss about this and this cannot happen again. And I think we can unintentionally um, add heat in a way that's not that helpful. We're reinforcing it in some ways, yeah. reinforcing the power struggle. So it doesn't mean to let it all go. It means to just try to be cool as a cucumber 
and um, be thinking about those kind of firm mm -hmm. limits, right? right? And then, so that's in the beginning and then in the mm -hmm. moment, right? We're hoping that that goes well, but let's say it doesn't. So another way that we're wanting to break that narrative of a three-year-old bolting on us mm -hmm. is to be there, right there, mm -hmm. to stop the impulse, to mm -hmm. reroute the impulse that usually happens, that narrative that they're playing out of, they run away, we freak out, we're chasing after them, we yell their name really we loud. We hold their shoulders and say, you can't run around like that, you right. can't do that. <laughs> exactly. So. We want to be there to reroute that impulse of when they want to go run, they get lovingly stopped by mom. Mm -hmm. Oh, can't let you go there. I'm going to stop oh, your body. Oh, I see you wiggling away from me. This could be when they're running away from the bath too. What are you doing? I see you wiggling away. <clears throat> We're not making it a game. We're not making it a harsh sentence. We're making it a, I see this thing mm -hmm. happening. I understand the impulse. Yeah. I understand it and I'm going to stop your body. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep you safe here. I'm going to hold you looks like you you're here. needing a little bit of help. I'm going to help your body. You're trying to wiggle mm -hmm. away right into the parking lot. Do you remember what, what goes through the parking lot super fast? Oh, did you hear that just then? Is that a car here or here? I heard a door can, slam. Can you be my eyes? That's another thing you could do at the beginning. Yeah, be like, like, we have baby sister. I need you. I need to your be help. the lookout for us so that you're keeping them together. Get creative you know, like, God, They're not really the lookout. <laughs> they just be like, let's go. <laughs> right? When we talk about like an owl, like a twirly yeah. owl, like bobblehead. Yeah, the head spinning. Head spinning are around. you a little owl? Are you looking at all the things, mm -hmm. you know? But you get creative before. And mm -hmm. then in the moment, all you have to do is just lovingly hold fast and hang on tight. Yeah. And then after the moment, and you've gone through the grocery store, there's mm -hmm. no punishments if they tried to run. You just kept them safe. You understood their impulses are normal. Mm -hmm. In your mind, you're like, okay, that uh, idea that we had planned didn't really work. So I'm back to the drawing board and how to mm -hmm. bring them into this situation. Mm -hmm. Then after it, you can circle back. So that's part of our trust step. Someone just mentioned they wanted to know what this is. This is our resist approach, which you can download on our website, which um, stands for um, the ways that we can resist um, uh, conventional methods of control and discipline mm -hmm. and choose powers beyond control that teach our kids how to use powers beyond control as Basically, well. Basically just a loose conversation, an outline for a conversation so that we don't issue <clears throat> punishments or send them to timeout or spank them or use a harsh tone or yell mm -hmm. at them or scream or shame them. All the things that come so naturally, right? I also wanted to say, aside from the circle back but on we, that. Well, we didn't say what they're, what oh, it stands for really quick. It stands for respect, <laughs> empathize, sync up, innovate, summarize, and trust, right? And it could happen within an hour, could happen within a minute, or right? Right. Or you just get to two steps and then you lose your shit and scream and that's okay too. It's just a cycle of skills that involve us in a conversation with our kids. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to say one other thing is sometimes you just got to pull the plug, right? Yeah. They're too squirmy. They're, they're trying to run across the street to get to the grocery store. That tells me that the grocery store probably isn't going to be mm -hmm. the most fun errand to go on right now. Mm -hmm. If this is how it's beginning, Mm -hmm. Like the number of times that I've been like, okay, this is telling me that we should probably get back in the car and go home or be like, who needs a smoothie? Let's get back in the car, get a smoothie on the way back home. This is mm -hmm. not the right time to go. Mm -hmm. right? right. And I think that happens a lot of, at the bed bath time. <clears throat> so the question we're answering is about squirrely runaway kid could be, this one was three, could be 18 months, could be five, could be eight, where they kind of pretend they don't hear you. Doesn't even matter. Um, getting ready for bed, getting ready for bath, those transitions right. where they start getting all silly and wily and where a more, a more sensitive kid like Hannah's kids might kind of just like toddle off into their own space and a more <clears throat> spirited kid like my kids might be like, no, I'm not going to do it. Nope. Hate that idea. Um, make me, make me right. And it, but I think transitions are so tricky and that's exactly when we want to be running the resist approach the most when we want to go to you better or mm -hmm. you better not what? or and you know it's time and we turn into that broken record and we're just like hearing ourselves being like, who am I? Why am I saying this? over and over. Why do I keep saying their name over and over? This is killing me. I think two of the three-year-old who is bolting at the park, at the grocery store, that type of thing, I think we get tricked because a three-year-old is likely pretty verbal at this point. Mm -hmm. And so we think that our words are enough. We think that if we tell them ahead of time, if we tell them in the moment, and mm -hmm. if we say, don't keep going, you better come back, come back right now, mm -hmm. then that warrants that we then give them a consequence or yell or punish in some way. Mm -hmm. And words aren't enough for any kid. And the re the way we know that our words aren't enough is when we see that they're not enough. Mm -hmm. And then we know, oh, they, the words may help a little bit. They're planting mm -hmm. a seed, maybe beforehand or after. But in the moment, all we need is loving follow through. They need loving follow through. They're showing us by their behavior yeah. that they need our but loving follow through. That's, that's a body. That's a hand. Mm -hmm. Lovingly is possible to create a positive, if not neutral association around them bolting. Rewrite that narrative, if that makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say something that I forgot. I'm sorry. I, know, I went when, on a little tangent there. I just was going to say, I think that that's when our conventional parenting toolbox says to put more pressure on them. Yeah. 
right? Instead of saying, here's what I'm seeing and I'm going to accept that. I'm going to meet my kid where they are. I'm going to parent side by side in this moment that is asking more of me to invest myself and my energy. Yes, we do it so many times. We're such givers. Rather than asking more of our kid who's clearly showing us what they're capable of doing in the moment. Let's move on to one of these. uh, We've got a few here. What should one do about a child playing out behaviors learned from school? He's six and the behaviors he copies, I know he actually is really frustrated about. Mm -hmm. What behaviors? I'm curious to know what behaviors he's playing out. I mean, kids are inherently experimental, right? Mm -hmm. They see something on TV, then they embody it a little bit. You're swearing a little bit too much. Maybe they start swearing a little bit, like in the perfect context, which you got to love. But I love the like the mix and match context too, where your daughter's like, I'm shut up hungry. Uh Nice one. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. The way she kind of, yeah, there's some like artistry to swearing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So someone says, how would you go about describing to a two and a half year old that her four and six year old cousins have additional needs? for their neurodiverse minds, mm-hmm. trying to help her understand that they may need space to avoid overstimulation. Yeah, that's, yeah a that's, great, a great one. that's a great question. I think that that's something that we can all do with our kids uh, to build that awareness and that, um, that empathy taking. and perspective of any child being unique, whether they're uh, neurodiverse. We like to think in a lot of ways of every child being neurodiverse with mm-hmm. sensitive nervous systems, with different attachment styles, with different temperaments, mm-hmm. um, with different needs in the moment. Uh, I think it's really hard for a two and a half year old to have that theory of mind that let alone that they're separate from their parent or that they're separate from their parent, let alone separate from another mm-hmm. person who could be very unique from them. So it's, it's a wonderful conversation to start having. And I don't think we, I love that you're, you're, you're thinking of this consciously um, and mindfully because you don't want to like pathologize their cousins who are neurodiverse. You want to just create an awareness around it, right? Yeah. I think that, yeah, I don't think that it needs to be necessarily explained as neurodiverse. I would just uh, explain it in terms of needs, which is how we want to explain everyone's behavior and everyone's um, Mm. like perspective, communication, where they're coming from. So I just say things like, it seems like they're needing some space or after a while, have you noticed that they get a little bit like, oh, anxious and they just, um, they have trouble being patient with you a little bit. Mm -hmm. It just, they feel like it seems like they're struggling a little. I think that's when we notice maybe we need a little more space. Right. right. And, and maybe just, likening that to something that they've experienced. I think yeah. a two and a half year old especially needs a personal anchor mm-hmm. of remember those moments like uh, when we're after we're at a birthday party or at whatever it is the other day, you needed some space. Mm-hmm. That's what they need sometimes. Mm-hmm. And do, how do they show that to you? Oh, they they start yelling. Yeah, they're telling you. They don't have the words always. Or sometimes they, they don't always have you. the words. Yeah. Or sometimes they want to hit you. I wonder or... what they're needing. And we could just mm-hmm. ask, I wonder what they're needing. Do you think they were needing space? Do you think mm-hmm. they were needing quiet? Mm-hmm. Do you think they were needing you not climbing on the couch behind them? Mm-hmm. What, what were they needing? And then I think beyond talking to a two and a half year old about neurodiverse cousins and how to sensitively be around them and interact with them, I think we just have to show them as well. Mm-hmm. So our modeling around these kids is going to go a long way. And also our helping our two and a half year old do what they need to do in the mm-hmm. moment is also going to. So aside from out of the moment, aside mm-hmm. from modeling ourselves in the moment, we can say, it looks like they're needing a little space. I'm going to help you move over here. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go to the kitchen for a few minutes and then we'll mm-hmm. check in and see if they're wanting to or play Or can I you. tell you something? I'm going to yeah. whisper. I was thinking that I need a little help in the kitchen chopping. Mm-hmm. They seem like they need a little space. Do you want to come with me just for a few minutes? <clears throat> or right. we never got to go out back. Should we run for some fresh air real quick? Right. So we're going to kind of redirect a little bit to help them. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes then, in the moment saying what about these children, it could be in front of them as well. So we yeah. want to be sensitive to them and maybe be helping redirect our kid mm-hmm. very basically and then follow yeah. up and circle back later. Right. Yeah. And I think also just welcoming all the emotions. So if the little two and a half year old doesn't want to leave her cousins or give them space or mm-hmm. get off the couch when they need that space. We just welcome the oceans. You really wanted to be up there with them. Validate that. You really wanted to keep climbing on there with them. And you wanted to be so close, hugging them so tight. Oh, Oh, you love them. I get that. Mm -hmm. I had to help you down. I had to help you off Mm -hmm. because it seemed like they needed some space. We can talk about it later. Totally. Mm -hmm. You really wanted to be close to them. How else? And then later, how else can you show you're close to them? Could we leave them a note? Mm -hmm. Could you send them a little emoji? Mm -hmm. That's kind of old for a two and a half year old, but (laughs) maybe not. Okay. Molly says, for us, what made broke the running away cycle every time we were going somewhere i'd ask if he could stay with me i'd say last time you ran away and that's not safe so we can hold hands for safety or you can show me that you can be safe by walking right exactly mm-hmm. and and that's the classic <clears throat> I remember reading that in early or early rye years 
with Janet Lansbury yeah. saying, just give them the two options. And mm -hmm. I think that that works. So do you want to walk by yourself or do you and stay close? Or do you want me to hold your hand? Mm -hmm. And that works for some kids. Or, They're like, oh, oh, sure. I'll hold your hand then. Uh -huh. Or they show you that they can't. And then yeah. you say, okay, I'm going to hold it. And, or I'm going to pick you up this, or whatever it is. It's a tricky one with the young baby. In addition, we're kind mm -hmm. of going back to an mm -hmm. older one where the three-year-old was running and the, the parent had a baby also. Right. They're just like, oh God, I'm like stuck. I'm juggling. It's so hard to grab a little kid. But I think that we, we started off with our older girls being like, do you want to hold hands or should I pick you up? As in, you don't have the freedom to walk if we can't do it safely together mm -hmm. across the street or whatever right. it is. So we give them a very loving ultimatum or a choice. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that they used to call my bluff once we had the second kids. They'd be, be like, yeah, okay, so pick me up. And I'm sure. like, I can't pick you up because I'm holding <laughs> like, a baby. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> you got me. Let's yeah. go home. Yeah, you're actually, I will have to hold your hand very tightly indeed. Uh -huh. yeah. Or they're like, great, pick, pick me up. I'm closer to punch you in the face. Yeah, so it's really tricky. And yeah. I think, again, knowing our child's temperament, knowing all of those things and taking those into account, uh, an option like choice theory can help some kids mm -hmm. figure out what to do, but other kids that can also set them up for two things to reject, mm -hmm. right? Rather than just one. Yeah. What about kicking during a meltdown? Someone says my son has like a rage and I can't get him to stop kicking. Oh man. Yeah. You oh, can't yeah. get him to stop kicking because his yeah. brain wants to kick. His body right? needs to kick. He's in fight mode. His brain has gone off the register, right? Yeah, I He's think dysregulated. That's when we talk about in those big dysregulated moments and tantrums. What is our goal? What is our role? Mm -hmm. What do we want to be doing? Do we want to get it to stop? Do we want to get him to stop kicking or yelling or saying mean things or um, flailing around or punching the, the ground? Mm -hmm. No. Our, our main goal <clears throat> in those tantrum moments is to calm, mm -hmm. to help calm down. So to self-regulate ourselves so that we can actually be that sensitive support staff to help co-regulate them, to bring their nervous system to calm. Right. But it's tricky when they're kicking, mm -hmm. when they're kicking things that you don't want to be kicked, right? Mm -hmm. We really have to decide and get clear on people. What are we okay with being kicked? Because they cannot control what they're kicking. So we then have to move their body or change something up. We can't say stop kicking or it's not okay to kick because they can't understand what we're saying in the heat of the moment. Or, they're or you say don't kick and they look at you like this and then they start kicking. That doesn't mean that they can control it. They still can't control yeah. it. Even but, impulses that seem like misbehavior mm -hmm. or doing something, quote unquote, on purpose mm -hmm. um, are the same thing, right? I like that addition, Kel. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would generally say uh, we can't necessarily stop them from doing things unless we maybe move their body to a place where they could kick. So having a place ahead of time, if your son's a kicker, set up a place where he can kick things, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you say, I'm going to move you to your kicking place, right? I'm going to move you help your over body. to the kicking area here, right? I think oftentimes if they're trying to kick us, then you say, I'm going to move my body. And we set a boundary, right, with mm -hmm. the kicking uh, child. As opposed to putting a limit on them that they can't meet. Right. They're needing to kick their legs. Great. Help them move to a place that where they can kick. And if they're wanting to kick us, then set some boundaries. Stop them. You're, mm -hmm. you're bigger than they are. I, I got to stop your leg. I can't let you kick me. I'm going to move over here. Okay. Oh, mm -hmm. you want me to be in here? Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I, I, can, I can't let you kick me. Mm -hmm. And I'm here. And... In the back of our minds, we're dealing with this kicking stuff, but our main focus, like you said, Kelty, is to just calm their nervous systems and calm the situation. So we have to deal with the behavior, but our primary focus is not on the behavior. It's on the needs and the nervous systems and the attachment that's going to help them calm down and eventually learn how to calm down themselves. What mm. else? It's a good one. Okay. Hurtful words with other kids at the park. Playmates, you're not my friend. Stop following me. It's a pattern with my five-year-old and I'm worried parents won't want their kid to play with that quote-unquote rude girl. Mm. Oh, that's, that's hard. That's so tricky. Oh, man. looking Talk about looking beneath behaviors and words. Mm -hmm. And also, but feeling that pressure of social other pressure. people watching, right? Yeah, that's yeah. so tricky. And it's so tricky when kids, it's so developmentally normal for them to say very extreme language, mm -hmm. to say very um, kind of hurtful language, impolite language mm -hmm. uh, to represent the feelings and the needs they have. And so we always talk, Kelty, about how we want to be really sensitive about how we control, censor, you know, um, work with the words because that could um, unwittingly be controlling their feelings, or telling them that the feeling they have, the need they have to get away from certain kids at the playground isn't okay. Mm -hmm. And we don't want our kids to be playing with other kids and maybe someday other boys mm -hmm. or whoever it is 
they don't want to be playing with and feeling mm-hmm. a pressure. Oh, I have to be liked. Mm-hmm. I can't say those things or, or express my needs, right? That's, that sets them up for peer pressure crap situations. Yeah. I think the number one thing I would do is try not to give a shit about what anybody else thinks. In those moments, your daughter's struggling. You're on her side. That's your only job. Second thing is to, and, well, second and third are to okay. explore needs and impact, right? right? And so, you can say this out loud so other parents right. can hear. Love it. Go for it. Well, you can say, you're wanting some space. Okay. We're you're wanting some space. Okay. Right. Yeah. And let the parents deal with, uh, in, you know, interpreting, translating mm-hmm. more for their kids. Yeah. Right. You need space. You're, you're feeling like you're done playing. Should we head home? Mm-hmm. Right. So this is what we want her to be saying. Ultimately is you need space and you want to go home instead of, I hate that girl. We're not friends anymore. I don't want to play. She disgusts me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we say, we narrate the things that we translate what we want to be hearing. Mm-hmm. So they learn those words. And we're supporting the needs and the impulses right. down, you know, deep down. Right. right. We're saying, I hear you. I hear what's at the base of this, mm-hmm. even though it comes out in five-year-old speak. That's right. cool. Right. And then later we can explore the impact if there was one or a potential impact if we really want to. I think very often in these social situations, the parents are the ones that inform the kids taking these words personally. Mm -hmm. Kids actually do not take words from one another that personally until parents are like, you cannot (gasps) say that. Why would you say that to him? And then the kid's like, why would he say that to me? Right. Yeah. So I think oftentimes kids do not take that stuff seriously. Mm -hmm. I, I think that you can always follow up with her later and say, you needed some space at the park. Oh yeah, I, I heard you say, you know, it, depending on how sensitive your child is, you could tell it in a story if they're very sensitive, or if they're less sensitive, you could tell them more directly and say, hey, I so saw, what happened? I saw her, her, her face it. and she did seem a little disappointed when you said that you would never be your friend again. Yeah. Is do you that feel what, like that's true? Do you feel like that? Is that what you meant? Or was it more just like you, you needed some uh, space? You know, okay. sometimes in the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. she was clearly feeling a level of where a five-year-old, mm-hmm. we expect, could say, I need more space. But if she's more dysregulated, if she's stressed, mm-hmm. you know, she's not going to say it how she would actually say it normally. That's okay. What doing here. I don't know what you're doing. Um, she's still learning self-regulation. So all we want to do is translate that need, help her calm down, and help her problem solve to get her needs met next time. Mm-hmm. When you're starting to feel like you don't want to play with people, it's usually because she's gone too far, maybe played too long. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, I'm out of here. I hate you guys, right? <laughs> how can we help her realize that she's done playing a little earlier? Or... Why are you done? Or why? Sometimes one of our daughters will be like, I'm never playing with you again. I hate you. And instead of being like, you can't talk that way about your cousin behavior, stop to say, what are you needing? Are you needing space? Or what was going on with you two that's made you feel this way? Mm -hmm. So we're actually building context, building understanding so so that they're not 40 years old being like, I hate this coworker. Oh, they just suck and have no idea why. Mm -hmm. Oh, this interaction actually rubbed me the wrong way a little. When they said this one thing, it hit me. And it made me feel insecure or I felt like the way they portrayed this one thing mm-hmm. just dinged me a little, rubbed me the wrong way. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm gonna get curious about that. I'm going to see how much time I want to spend around them, right? We're creating that context um, and that perspective taking and that practice in, in thinking about that uh, in attuning, in really. The only way the words will really change while still loving the impulse and accepting themselves and their needs and their feelings is if we create that awareness and spend our time on awareness building and needs discussions mm-hmm. rather than behavior and word discussions. Mm-hmm. Someone says, yelling about nothing specific, laughing when doing something he knows is wrong, mm. shouting out accusations like, no, you're a liar. <sighs> yeah, that's, that it's sounds tricky. like dysregulation. It comes in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting comparing that between Hannah and my kids. Like my kids come at you just like a freight train. Like, you know exactly where you stand. You know exactly what's happening. You know exactly what's, what's wrong in their world and what's happening. And Hannah's kids, her son gets really goofy and squirrely and misbehavy and mischievy. So hard. And her daughter is just like this spinning octopus vortex of words and, and energy um, that I just and can't. Anger. I'm just like, what's going on? I don't yeah. even know how to handle this. Every, Everyone, kid, is so every kid has their own their own route to say, I need help. I'm struggling here. We all have our own stress language, mm-hmm. right? And our kids have that as well. And yeah. I think oftentimes when kids are misbehaving and laughing, it means they're anxious. It mm-hmm. means they have anxiety. It means they're not sure what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. right? Oftentimes we think of laughter as like, oh, it's mischievous. Mm-hmm. It's manipulative. Yeah. It's evil, right? But, um, <laughs> but it, it's not. It's a child being like, holy shit, I don't know what's going on. I'm yeah. going to try this thing. I'm uncomfortable. Ugh. And I think that's something we would say. Yeah. You seem a little uncomfortable. Are you okay? Yeah. Instead of being like, why are you laughing after you emptied my plant? 
or why are you this? And that's what I want when I start going like this to my husband. What's this? Why is this sitting on the counter still? And what about this? Why is this here? I don't want him to be like, what do you mean? It's just like it was on the counter because of this and that and this and that. I want him to be like, you doing okay? How you doing? How you so. doing? You seem a little uncomfortable, right? That's my stress language. Every behavior our kids show us is information about how they're dealing, how what their nervous system is needing. So I also just wanted to say last on this question, mm-hmm. yelling for what seems like no reason, right? Love it. Is their bodies needing to yell? So yelling and talking excessively Humming and singing inappropriately. Basically everything that drives us absolutely <laughs> over the edge. Jumping on shit, doing all the things, but in this Climbing. case, yelling, talking loud, loud stuff is in an effort to regulate their nervous system. Mm-hmm. I swear to God. It is, it is proven. But that's such right. a big ask to think that everything our kids do, emotional, mm-hmm. verbal, physical, is in, in an effort need. to meet a need. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It's really tricky. So he's needing to yell. And I think that's really hard because just like a feeling, just like a word, just like a behavior, the yelling, we want to shut that down. We don't mm-hmm. want them to, to think that yelling is okay. That's our, our instinct is to be like, stop this right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Too loud. You're do, or you're doing this on purpose. And mm-hmm. oftentimes they're really just trying to meet their, their nervous system needs. Mm-hmm. So we can say, where would be a good place to, to go yell? Right. Well, we've got the yelling corner. Or the yelling room that's so cool that has the, some reverb. The birds Re- reverb. love it when you yell outside at them. Right. Or head out I, there. if they don't want to move, then that's when we set a personal boundary and show them how to set personal boundaries by saying, oh, you're needing to yell. Mm-hmm. It's a little loud for my ears. Or if that would make it a little more power struggling, then I would just be like, I'll be right back. i got to run mm-hmm. this laundry and just mm-hmm. go in the other room. Right. So it doesn't feel like you're shaming it's, them or challenging it's them. so interesting. And we want to talk about boundaries and limits and things like that more another time because yeah. it comes up so often and consequences. Mm-hmm. was a big one this week in comments on yeah. Instagram. Um, but it's so easy for us to think, I'm going to put this, I have a boundary that there's no yelling around me. So I'm going to say, here's my boundary, kid. You can't, you can't yell. yell. Stop yelling or you can't say those words. I'm putting a boundary on you. And boundaries are meant to be personal, which is I, I'm having trouble hearing this or that's you know rubbing me the wrong way right now. I'm having trouble supporting you and being here. I'm going to step out. Okay. Or I need to take a break right back. Mm-hmm. But we don't put boundaries on our kids. We right? put limits on our kids, but we have to be careful and mindful about the limits mm-hmm. we put on them because oftentimes it can be repressing a personal freedom of theirs that we want to actually be growing, not oppressing. Yeah. Right. So go to our website, yeah. check out our freedoms model, which is so 10 tricky. freedoms of our kids, um, places in their lives, these areas that we tend to as parents with the most loving intentions over control, <laughs> dominate, um, overpower all of these things. So our kids freedom to speak, for example, we, we think that our kids have the right to say anything they want, anything, right? We're going to talk about the needs and impact. Don't worry. We're going to circle back about it. We, we think that our kids have the right to feel right, to feel anything that all emotions are okay. Even the hard ones for us to withstand. They have the freedom to choose to contribute, right? That's about cleanup to nourish about food and um, sleep mm-hmm. about uh, what else? To choose is about um, consent, basically. To know, to play, and however they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, to express, basically to, to dress, to, to express who they are, to move. All mm-hmm. of these freedoms where they start so little and we're helping them along with all these things. And slowly, we have to be giving that power back. And it's that gray area where it's a negotiation. And where most of the power struggles arise is when yeah. our kids are saying, Mom, Dad, I need more power. Mm-hmm. I want more power of my own body, my own spirit. Mm-hmm. I want to be building that inner wisdom and authority that's not always looking to an external source mm-hmm. for guidance, but has that inner wisdom and guidance mm-hmm. that says, I know myself, I know what I need, I know how to get it, right? Mm-hmm. That Those are the, the life skills that we want to be instilling in our kids, right? Yeah. So they can get their needs met. And if they can get their needs met, they can look to meet other people's needs as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, live in Abundance says, I wish you ladies could live with us. Oh, I wish we Aww. could too. Wish we had just one big, huge ass commune. <laughs> yes. Someone said, coming from an only child who needs her alone time, how do you change your mindset for a quarantine limitations? We're mm-hmm. always together, always. So hard. Oh, it is so hard. Yeah. Talk about boundaries, though. Mm-hmm. That's a great topic. And Kelsey and I are, we're twin traverts. So we spend a lot mm-hmm. of time together, but we really need alone time and we get out touched, out talked, out screamed, out needed. Very, very fast. By 9 a.m. Out, out cluttered. <laughs> you know, we like seeing messes and th- seeing things. It's really, it taxes us. It's, it's hard for, mm-hmm. for our little empath spongy selves. And so I think a lot of it is about setting boundaries, right? 
So saying I, I need a few minutes to myself over here and mm-hmm. working that, investing in that time and helping your kids be playing independently, mm-hmm. right? Helping them understand <laughs> my daughter is FaceTiming me right now. Um, bring her on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that, that we have those needs and not saying it isn't like, if it's two needs, then my needs get met over yours or your needs get met mm-hmm. over mine. How can we figure this out? Any issue we have when I'm feeling that resentment or that stress is just because my needs aren't getting met. So how can I get them met mm-hmm. with a conversation with my kid yeah. or with planning in the environment, with, in- yeah. uh, with supporting skills that help them do that Basically, better? In trying to run the resist approach, we're teaching our kids and practicing ourselves nonviolent communication techniques mm-hmm. that that all kinds of professionals are, are employing in like across the boards to try to get two people's needs met to mm-hmm. countries, to employees, mm-hmm. to companies, um, right. whatever it is to kids. Yep. <clears throat> um, so that's what we're working at here is yeah. saying we both have needs. We can shatter this hierarchy that says I'm the parent and that trumps everything. Yes, we have a responsibility, but we don't have to be controlling mm-hmm. our kids in every realm. Right. It undermines them ultimately. And it doesn't yeah. feel good. It's not feels fun. Like shit. Right. Yeah. Someone says, any advice for waking from naps? Hysterical, not nighttime, only naps. Oh, yeah. We did like your extremely <clears throat> long question in regards to this earlier. So you said your son was, uh, I feel like he was in like maybe <clears throat> four, three, three or four three. and sleeping still nine to 11 hours a night, which mm-hmm. is great. I wonder how long the naps are. Wakes up in the morning. Okay. goes to bed. Okay. Yeah. It's when they, when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. from the nap that he's, he's hysterical. hysterical. <clears throat> I think this this happens. This is absolutely mm-hmm. okay. It's all right. I think especially for sensitive kids mm-hmm. to go to sleep, to go to wake up, it is a transition in its own right. I think like, for example, my, my kids will wake up and they'll be like little kittens and roll in bed and they love to cuddle and they're just like, they're happy and they're refreshed. They just like roll into Hannah's bed like little tumbling kittens at like 7.30 uh-huh. or something. And my kids are like, they wake up and they come in and the zombie, like kick the door open and they're standing there in a silhouette. And then they rush at you growling and dive onto the bed, right? Or they just scream waking up, which they did when they were a lot younger. When they were younger, they yeah. would scream and cry waking up, just like they scream and cried going to sleep. And I think this um, this mom who had said, She's trying to support and, and she's do the like, emotions. do I stay? Do I leave the room and let them just work it out? It's a lot yeah. of big feelings. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you'd mentioned if you wake them up or if they wake up on naturally. their own. I think it and was so naturally. I think that that could be yeah. part of it. Um, but I think if they wake up naturally and they're still struggling, I think you can just problem solve with them out of the moment. So mm-hmm. when you've been waking up, I think we want to have that, that conversation. What are you that, needing? That resist approach What's conversation. When you wake up. You're just really angry and you're uncomfortable and I so get that. I remember feeling that way. What would help you? Do you yeah, do you want me there? Do you want me to to um, have a snack ready? Do you want me to pick you up and swirl you out of the room into the kitchen? You're we're helping our kids in these moments when they struggle to innovate, to create mm-hmm. self-awareness of wait, I'm feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm accepting that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And then okay, what, what is that? Why is that? And what can I do to support myself? Mm-hmm. Right? So we want to bring them in on that way to support them because if we're just randomly doing things and trying stuff, we're not mm-hmm. collaborating with them and, mm-hmm. and, and building that awareness with them. So mm-hmm. would a, uh, like a wake up song be good to have mm-hmm. that? I just put the little song on and you wake up to it and you listen mm-hmm. and, and, that, then... and, and they might say yes to some of them and they might backfire and, mm-hmm. and not work out and end up working out. And that's fine too. <clears throat> I would just, Trust that your kid is doing exactly what they need to do. We have um, to remember too that if your kid's having a me- sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. If they're having a meltdown, if they're having a meltdown, they have stress in their body that they need to get out. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily something you're doing or triggering necessarily, mm-hmm. but the the waking up is triggering a, a, a nervous release. Re- system response and a release. And mm-hmm. all we want to do is just support that and as best you can. Just, just lean into that. And if mm-hmm. you're struggling, you'd mentioned, um, in the, the comment that you end up getting mad and angry about it, then set a boundary and you take your space mm-hmm. and say, here's your safe place. I'm going to go take a deep breath and I'll be right I back. I kind of like, I feel like I'm wondering how long the nap was and I'm wondering what time of day it was because yeah. I <clears> tend <throat> to get incredibly cranky and my kids too, if they nap too long or too late in the day. That's like the wake up at five and the news is on in the kitchen and mom's making dinner and you're just like, what, what time of day is it? What's happening? I feel like a zombie, like what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I would maybe mix up a few of those things. Maybe don't have the curtains pulled. Maybe don't have the sound machine on for nap. Maybe, you know, 
come in a little earlier, start rubbing the back, see what happens. Just kind of experiment a little and mix it up. We really like the Happy Sleeper Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Heather and Julie, they, they've written a couple books, the Happy Sleeper book and Just Say This. Mm -hmm. They're incredible. I, I highly recommend mm -hmm. seeking out their guidance. They do live Q and A's also about sleep yeah. stuff. But I also, I, I think this is more just about feelings mm -hmm. and about like feeling uncomfortable, feeling angsty, not knowing how to, to regulate the emotions, having this like very vulnerable sleep thing and then feeling like so relaxed that mm -hmm. basically they can just let it all out when they wake up. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm seeing it as, is this like opening an opportunity to just purge and express. And then you said the rest of the time you guys are great and everything's going well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's his banana o'clock. That's what Kelty calls it. That's the time of day. I wish my kid when... would just wake up crying instead of scaling all the cupboards, screaming for a banana in my <laughs> trash in the kitchen. Yeah. So, so hang in there. You're doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm. Set those boundaries. Stop the, the hitting or the kicking. Stay, mm -hmm. stay as calm as you can and then take quick breaks and keep the kids safe. Yeah. You're doing a great job. Someone said, do you ever do a day in the life of you? Actions in real time. I don't think you'd want to see that. <laughs> and we don't show our kids on Instagram. We don't. Someone says, I did that when I was little and I remember being punished after naps a lot. My kids are like me and have such compassion because all I remember was that I wanted to go back to bed. Yeah. Oh, I love oh, that. Totally. We would feel so bad moody and out of sorts mm -hmm. when we woke up from naps. And we're, I remember, we're super I remember our mom just like flashing open the curtains and mm -hmm. turning on loud music love you, and mom. just like, yeah. love you mom, but like, wow. Um, yeah. Someone says, like we had to do, we had to wake up very, very We're getting slowly. hearts as mom here. Very, <laughs> very slowly. Yeah. A little bit of the blind. The door is open so we can hear what's going on yeah. outside. It could be too much of a, a sudden wake up with mm -hmm. the lights are on and the sound machine's off and like, it could just be mm -hmm. too sudden for his nervous system. Someone says, my little girl is extremely attached to me. When we're home, all she wants to do is nurse or sit on my lap. I can't get anything done. She also screams when I leave her with anyone. How can I help her? Oh, She's 18 yeah. months. That's such She's a rough age. Yeah. And, the, and my favorite age. The favorite and hardest it's, age. I mean, they're it's one of the hardest. They're walking. They're exploding verbally. They're talking. There's so much going on so developmentally. Busy, busy. Yes. And they're so cute. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I miss that I miss age, that age stage so a much. lot. But there's also the clinginess. They're, they're differentiating, right? Mm -hmm. They're realizing with that theory of mind, wait, I'm not mom. Mom's mm -hmm. not me. We're separate. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's going to be more separateness. I do it myself. Mm -hmm. I get down. No, no, no. Right. But mm -hmm. then there's also immediately after that, which is so confusing for us as parents, there's the neediness, the clinginess, mm -hmm. they just want to be sitting on your boob all dayness, mm -hmm. right? It's hard. And so I think that we, we have to kind of be uh, detectives and f find out what they're needing, really be uh, committed to those moments when we're with them. So that includes the caregiving moments like diapering, dressing, um, feeding, doing all that stuff, like mm -hmm. really filling their cup and being as present as we can. Mm -hmm. And then just be, those, be thinking, this is go time. Diaper time, I'm not halfway here. I'm not checking my Instagram. I'm not doing my things. I am on it. I'm all eye contact. I'm all connection mm -hmm. because I know it's going to pay off. And then I'm able to then leave them little by little. It's an investment. It's kind of this fading technique of having a yes space, right? Mm -hmm. Having a gated area where you're able to get them comfortable, work with them a little bit, and then leave them for short amount of periods of time and welcome all the feelings they have around it, okay? Mm -hmm. um, let us know more details about specific incidents because we could dive into that um, another time. But yeah. I think a lot of it is just deciding when you need to be with them mm -hmm. and diving in and being there as best you can. And then deciding when you are gonna lose your fucking shit mm -hmm. and need a break and then telling them ahead of time, mm -hmm. trying to create some predictability and then welcoming all their feelings around it mm -hmm. over and over Holding and over again. Our, our conviction, our, our calm clarity is what's gonna help them feel secure even if they're missing us, even if it's hard to say goodbye, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that caregiver we leave them with isn't saying their emotions aren't okay, that there's She'll no reason. She'll be back. Your mom will be back. You're fine. Right. You're fine. Letting that, uh, you know, bringing that caregiver into the empathy step of our resist approach. You miss your mom. You want to spend more time with her. You miss her. What did you want to do with her? It's what do, hard. What do you want to do tomorrow with her? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you still want to talk about how you're missing her. You're you still banging on the door. You, you wanted her. her. I'm here for you. Right. And I in those know. transitions, passing her off, saying, you want to, you still want to be with me. I love you. I'll be back soon. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye. Right. An 18 month old can even start looking at a picture book of the routine. Mm -hmm. So when you pass them off to the caregiver, 
talking to her in those ways where you're not ramping up her her anxiety, but giving her an understanding of the day. Mm -hmm. I think we have like a 12 month old and then all of a sudden we have an 18 month old and we're like, shit, we gotta tell them what we're doing. What? Oh, we yeah. can't just tote them around everywhere. Right? <laughs> they actually like have way more of an opinion and they're a little more needy in that way. Yeah. So you're doing a great job. It's a process. We're here to support you. So the mom whose kid was waking up screaming after all the naps. Yes, we've um, had revisit conversations and he says he wants a hug, which I've tried in the moment and he just starts pushing me away. That's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Naps are from about 1.45 until 3.15ish. Mm -hmm. That's long for an older kid. That's, mm -hmm. that's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would start okay. slow burning the, oh, keep the curtains open. Keep it a little more flexy, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think a lot of kids, I think when they were babies, my kids would want to hold me, would want to hug me would when they're struggling. And then around that age, around three or so, that's when they started being like, no, get out. I don't want to mm -hmm. see you and wanted to be alone. And I think I was like, I want to help. I want to fix. Mm -hmm. I want I want to use our attachment. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes our attachment then becomes this kind of more of a tether rather than this physical proximity. It's mm -hmm. more of an emotional tether based on our nervous system. So if we're mm -hmm. able to stay calm and loving, that goes a long way in supporting our kids. Yeah. Someone says, my two-year-old struggled with this a lot in the morning. I started to talk with him yeah. about waking up happy the next morning and letting him know I would be there. It's gotten so much better over time. I think that's, that's great. great. And I think that it's okay to build that context. Sometimes I wake up feeling happy. Sometimes I wake up feeling really uncomfortable and I'm struggling. Yeah. And that's yeah. cool too. Right, we're accepting all those emotions. Yeah, your body needs to just oh, uh, sorry, get just it out. Scream. You know, yeah, having some of those pillows ready that you can let them pretend to punch and, and put practice. things in, and you can throw them all out right when you wake up. Mm -hmm. Just chuck them all out of the bed. Mm -hmm. right? So working beforehand to help build build some awareness, build some some ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, someone says, um, "Oh, with the eighteen month old, I think we have I'm, a few minutes." Left. I'm working from home, and when I go into the office, and Dad is looking after her, all she does is stand at the door and cry. Heartbreaking. Dad is super respectful and gentle. That's so oh, great. Good. But I, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I would try to work that transition away from the door. So it's even like this when we try to pop into a live. Mm -hmm. We try to make sure the kids aren't like seeing us just like put our chapstick on and walk in because then they're like, I gotta get in there. I want to be thing. with them. It becomes a thing. You know, my my daughter's like cutting the uh, the screen of the windows, trying to climb yeah. in and stuff. Right. So we try to set up a transition where we say goodbye somewhere else in the house, farther away. Um, even if they know this is our office, you our, walk out know, of the house, you come right, around, not like sneaky, but like partners have something that they can dive into at that transition time. Oh, we're, we're rolling balls of dough because we're making cookies or we have this cool thing that you mentioned you wanted to do some coloring mm -hmm. out in the yard. So let's set that up and I'm going to spend five minutes mm -hmm. sitting with you, getting you acclimated to it. And then I might just ghost a little bit or I might say, I'll see you in a little bit. I'll be back. I'll be back to check on you in a little bit. Right. Yeah, we had that. to get her out of childcare because it was traumatic for both of us. She just hated it. We'll try in the new year sometime yeah, for sure. That's really hard. Yeah, it's hard to know. Like, is it the childcare? Is it the child? Mm -hmm. Is it the combo? Is it just the time or the age? Yeah, like, what's going on with all of that? It's all stress, regardless of where it's coming from. Yeah. And when we're stressed, we we need people when they're able mm -hmm. to just lean in and love on us and accept all our feelings. And look at all of our challenging behaviors, adult and child, as as normal and as lovable regardless. And as something we can talk about later when we're all feeling a little bit yeah. better. We're going to do a mini guide on separation anxiety, I, I think. Like and we've got a lot of mini guides in our shop. Shame, resilience with spirited and, um, and uh, strong-willed kids. Screen time this week we siblings. came out with one. Siblings. So many different uh, mini guides that have a lot of phrasing and mantras that are just really helpful in the moment to kind of rewrite that script a little bit with our kids yeah yeah the person said thank you ladies we'll try to slow down the transition oh yeah i feel like we all need that transition if we can find those ways to overlap a little bit more to just ease it we're going through that right now with oh, yeah. the, the three o'clock change up when uh our partners come in to take the kids mm -hmm. and i think it's so we, easy to just be like okay three o'clock go go Bye. ahead go, okay you're going with papa now we're out of here and they're just like what? no 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 don't not feeling it it's, it's tricky been, we've had a lot of transition Where resistance there, there needs to be investment so i think yeah. it's great you're seeing that that's awesome I think we're going to wrap it up, everybody, right now. Yeah, we had a lot of DMs we didn't get to and stickers from today that we'll yeah. try to respond to tomorrow. Okay. Um, this will be up on the podcast tomorrow, the next day, too. Yeah. Um, we see you all. Um, we're so grateful that you're here mm -hmm. showing up and growing up alongside us for sanity and social change. That's what we call it. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're really... Um, 
I don't know, we're just, we're grateful and really privileged to be even working on these things and talking about these things. And mm -hmm. we're just grateful again that you're here. Um, what else did you, you want to say, You're Kel? doing a great job, right? We're, we're all struggling. We're all doing things that don't feel good, that we know aren't always best for our kids or our family or ourselves, and that's okay. And if we can even be cultivating awareness, oh my God, I said that thing. I probably shouldn't have said that. And not sit in shame about it, but give ourselves grace and say, I might not say that next time, or maybe I can word it differently, or yeah. I'm going to try to take a deep breath next time, or step outside the room. We try to take personal timeouts a lot. Um, and really just think and remember that everything our kids do is okay. Everything they do is for a reason. Everything they do is trying to meet a personal need of theirs based yes. on their brain and their development. Right. And we don't want to be punishing them for their brain and development mm -hmm. and their stage mm -hmm. and where they are. Mm -hmm. We want to be connecting instead of controlling and correcting, right? I love that. And then setting those personal boundaries mm. to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. make, make sure our needs are getting met from other adults, not from our kids, yeah. right? I need that back rub. Hey, I've been on the kids this many hours. I'd like you to take a few of those hours. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. Can we rejigger some things in our schedule? Mom, like you did, you're like, can you please make a couple meals? We need help, right? Let's I just, got real with my mom. But, but I think great. This, this all tethers back to the fact that we weren't necessarily raised with the permission to advocate for our needs mm -hmm. and say, I need this. Because the way that that comes out as a two, five, eight, 12 year old is, fuck you, but you're too much, right? Yeah. And, well, and, and adults and say, adults say you're too I don't much. like this. And that tells us, don't ask for what you need. Right. And so we're trying to give ourselves permission, if we can give all of you permission too, to say, I need help, I need more rest, I need more sleep, I need um, more support, I need a couple girls or butt pinches, whatever it is. You have the permission to ask for that, yeah. right? And then- So that pressure doesn't go on, on our kids, right? right? And our kids have permission to ask for their the things that they need in whatever way they're able right now, based on their age, stage, development, stress level, temperament, spiritedness, um, all the things. And it will change the way they ask for things, the way they behave, the way they speak, all of it's mm -hmm. gonna change. We have to remember, if we keep showing up and growing up and we're modeling the best we can, they're gonna learn it. They're mm -hmm. gonna change. They're not gonna be eating with their hands. They're not gonna be saying, I hate my friends. They're not gonna be doing those things because mm -hmm. we'll have done the work to build the awareness and the skills over time. Thank you, someone says, we love, love, love those, these lives. Great. Oh, hitting the bottle. Oh. We were on their podcast this mm -hmm. week. Check it out. Yes. It was a really fun combo. We talked about actually a lot of these different things. Mm -hmm. Came up, different themes. Yeah, I can't wait for more Q&As with them. Mm -hmm. Hopefully monthly. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right, we're signing off. I'll see you all on Thursday, and then we're going to be taking a break yeah. from live Q and A's, podcasts, Instagram stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're working on a on a course, and uh, just trying to get a little bit of the sanity back in our lives. That'd be, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love you all. See you all soon.